0: Welcome back to episode four of Real Talk, where we're going to dive into part two of our interview with Nikki. In episode three, she gave us her perspective of being a police officer's daughter and a police officer's sister. Um, She kind of opened her eyes to a few things that we hadn't seen, and we explained things to her that she probably had never uh, known about our day-to-day stuff. So as we embark on episode four we get her perspective of being married to a cop and the separate challenges that those that that relationship brings with it so i'll let her go into the spouse aspect
1: um i mean this might be a good transition into being a spouse yep. um so i mean you know you say you're expected to turn it off in when you get home and I, I will say that I'm guilty of that, of being expecting my husband to turn it off. And from a wife's perspective, I'm working all day as well. And then I'm coming home and potentially making dinner. Um it depends if it's night shift or day shift. Like that's a whole different world in, in and of itself as well. Um, but you know, I have a stepdaughter, so like I'm helping take care of her as well, and he doesn't see her all the time. It's an every other week thing. And I go, especially when it's nights, I go days without seeing him. So comes home. Yeah, we do expect it to be turned off because we missed him and we're excited that he's home. We're relieved that he's home. We're happy to see him. We want to spend time with him and enjoy our time with him, but he's in a different mindset and we're not getting that from him. We're not getting that time from him that we are looking forward to. Um, or we're not getting the, the real him, the, his real personality. and.
2: Well, this... Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead.
2: I mean, this is how how stupid this, this really is when you think about it from an outsider's perspective. As a cop, you do not want to make a decision when you get home. You do not want to tell your wife what you want for dinner. Do you want to watch whatever on TV, I don't really care because you are so mentally exhausted. You just don't, you don't want to make another decision as simple as I want string beans or corn. Like you just don't just do it. Just whatever you want. I don't care. And that's nobody's fault, but ours. It's not the spouse's fault. It's not the kid's fault. It's our fault. 100% our fault. And, you know, think, think about this from this perspective. Most people. Okay. <clears throat> you get up Monday morning. You don't want to go to work to begin with because you know, most people don't want to go to work, but you, I don't know, you spill your coffee. Okay. So now you're like, oh, this is the way my day's going to go. So you spill your coffee, you get into work, something happened in work where you did a report last week and now your boss is reading it and he doesn't like it. You have to redo it. So now that's happening. And then something else happens. So The next thing you know, you you have all these things that are building stress inside of your your Monday, we'll say. And you go home aggravated and annoyed, rightfully so, because that's how most people function. Like I go to bed, I get up, I go to work, I'm having a bad day. I go home, I'm I'm aggravated and I'm annoyed because I had a bad day at work. Now, let's say you had a domestic. Now, you're not married to a cop. Let's say you had a domestic with your spouse. Because of all this, you got into an argument. He had a bad day. You had a bad day. Okay. Now you bring us into the the mix and now I have to figure out how to solve your problem. And then that stress is building up on me. Now I have to do that 10 more times today. And then on top of that, I have to go do burglar alarms. I have to maybe go to a car accident. Then I have to listen to my supervisor yelling at me because my report wasn't done on time. So that's where all the stress comes at in at and everybody goes through it but with cops it's exaggerated and unfortunately the blame is always put i want to say blame but you're taking it out on the family and it's it's all on us it's not on the family it's because you guys first of all when your husband or me or your brother decided that we wanted to be cops. That was our decision. Yeah, your mother never said to me, I want you to go out and be a cop. You know what I mean? But I'll support you as a cop. So it's it's all on us and we have to fix it. It has to be fixed because this is causing divorces. It's causing domestics. It's causing homicides between spouses. it's, It's causing financial ruins. It's destroying lives. And again, I'm seeing it now on the outside. And I'm actually liking it because I feel like I can actually do something about it.
1: Just to kind of touch on the part about, you know, you're dealing with this person's problem. You don't want to come home and make a decision. All my life, like I heard moms and you, you know, talking and you would say, oh, I deal with people's problems every day. I don't want to come home and deal with problems here. And now I hear that from my husband. I, you know, I want to say I understand it. but. I get what he's trying to say. I get what you were trying to say. But at the same time, you're still a father. You're still a husband. You still have a life outside of work. And, you know, I'm sure that it's probably difficult to, to be dealing with everyone's problems throughout the day and then come home and deal with other problems. It's just hard to, because it, it all falls on one person, I guess, essentially in a family like or a marriage. You kind of become a single parent in a way, um, because you know you're you're wanting to take that weight off of the officer, you know, especially when they just get home from a shift, um, and even on their days off, because you know that it's just not one more thing they want to deal with, as bad as that sounds. Um, you know, you're you're playing teacher and helping do homework and making sure all of their Schoolwork is done that needs to be done. Um, You know, you're cooking dinner, you're cleaning up, you're keeping the house in order. If you have pets, you're taking care of them. Um, You know, and this isn't to say that the spouse isn't doing anything, but I do feel like the bulk of it is falling on the wife, or I guess maybe the the husband if the wife is the officer. Um, And then there's the weekends when the officer is working and the wife wants to do something, whether it's with the family, with the kids, or just going out with friends, like you're single in a way because you're going and doing all of these things by yourself because you don't want to miss out or you have to take the kids somewhere to sports, to birthday parties, things like that. So you kind of just get used to being alone to do things
2: you're 100 right and like i said it's nobody's fault but around you didn't sign up for it
1: um i didn't even necessarily say it's your fault it's just the nature of it and it's just it's the job and it's just something you have to accept
0: yeah i would i don't want to assign fault either uh especially because it's still very fresh in my mind i just came off of a weekend where i spent 36 hours at work but i just i I, I don't want to say it's fault but I think recognizing it, like when you're coming home and you're recognizing what you're actually going through, it makes it a little bit more manageable. I will say, um, I know from my perspective, I'm overly tired, but I, I try, cause I know that I'm putting all that on my wife. I know that she just spent that entire time I spent, I, I, of the, of the three or three days that I worked, I saw my family combined four hours.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, just because
0: of sleeping and then waking up and going right back to work. So I understand that I know, but from my perspective, and this is always something that people who don't do shift work or law enforcement have a difficult time understanding my shift. I don't get done work until two in the morning. So I don't get home and in bed till three 30, almost four o'clock. That's if I, that's a good day. If I'm not, you know, my, if my adrenaline's still not pumping, um, I have young kids, so I I'm supposed to get up early. Think of it from my perspective, and your husband works midnights, so he doesn't get done until 7 a.m., but 5, f- 5 a.m. You, when you go to bed at night, so just say a good night, you go to bed at 10 o'clock in the morning, or, t- or I'm sorry, 10 o'clock at night, and you sleep till six or seven in the morning, you're getting your eight to nine hours of sleep, no problem. When I go to bed at 3 a.m., and that's on a good day, and I'm waking up at 8 o'clock, I'm only getting five hours of sleep and I'm grumpy because I don't, and that's compounded day after day after day. And then on my days off, my body's still physically trying to figure out what I just did to it. And it's trying to catch up. So I'm either, I'm completely exhausted. I don't want to move. I don't want to get off the couch or then, or, and I I spend all day laying around. And then at night I'm wired again. And the cycle continues and continues. And that takes weeks to break, but you don't have the ability to do that because you work two shifts on and then you're right back at it.
1: Yeah. Um, It's funny you say five hours is what you're getting, but my husband was just telling me today, the last three days, all he has had is five hours of sleep at a time, obviously. Um, And his body's just waking up. like He's not even able to um, go back to sleep and sleep more. And I will say that it's different when they're on nights versus days. Um, Days are a little bit easier from a spouse's perspective and i mean everyone is different but i know you know my husband prefers days but he also he likes nights for different reasons but i know he prefers days um but nights are tough because you're constantly cranky rightfully so but still it takes a toll on your relationship and it takes a toll on you and every agency is different with the way that their times are but When he's working nights, he's working 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. So I'm getting home from work at 5 at night. He just left to start his shift. And then he's getting home at, say, 5.15 in the morning. I'm getting up an hour later and I'm going to work. And I'm going days without seeing him. Um, But the days that I do see him or when I talk to him, Um, In between his shift and while I'm at work, there's the tension. And I'm not saying it's tension between us, but it's just he's not himself. He's cranky and it's hard to talk to him. He's short fused. And the way that he describes it is and maybe you guys can attest to this as well. But he says you feel like you're constantly hung over. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you just can't catch up. And I, I, I can't imagine how it would feel, but that's, you well, know, Think that's about when you don't it. get
2: any sleep, people like, and I know mom used to say this to me. She'd be like, well, you slept all day. Well, it's not the same kind of sleep. Your body is totally off. Your body is designed to sleep at night, not during the day. And you're not getting that sound sleep in during the day because, you know, you can use, uh, room darkening shades and stuff like that, but it's still daytime. Things feel different and you're not designed to sleep during the day. So you're not getting a sound sleep.
1: Yeah, Um, and it's like when, as soon as you do mm -hmm. start to adjust, you're switching back to the other shift. And Um, sorry, I just also wanted to add that a lot of you guys develop sleeping issues because of the back and forth and your internal clocks being off. So like, Matt, I know that you you have these issues and then my husband as well, whereas they can't fall asleep. So, you know, if they're getting home from their five o'clock or six o'clock overnight shift, they're laying there and then they can't fall asleep. And then they're getting anxiety because they know that they only have a certain amount of time to fall asleep. And then they have to get up and they have to go to work again. Um, just all, it all takes a toll on you. And then when they have the day shifts, their bodies are still on night shift, So they're not used to going to bed at nine o'clock at night to get up for a five or six o'clock shift um, in the morning. And then, you know, my husband love him to death, but he keeps me up uh, because he can't fall asleep and he's tossing and turning and getting anxious because he's counting down the hours until he has to get up. And you, how are you expected to go work 12 hours dealing with people's problems, seeing the things that you see and not having any rest. You have to.
2: So uh, I just wanted to jump back a couple um, sentences or whatever. So like you said, like when when he comes home and the same with Matt, you're just laying on the couch. I don't see my family for 36 hours. Uh, All I want to do is just lay around. Well, and this is where I'm going to disagree with. It is your fault because- Your kids didn't see you for 36 hours, okay? They didn't ask for that. They didn't ask to not see mommy or daddy for 36 hours. And then when mommy and daddy get home, they expect life to be normal. That's just the way it is. In this profession, we don't live normal, okay? We live just like Nicole just explained. This is where, as police officers, you have to make the effort. I didn't make the effort. I fell into the same trap. Well, it's not my fault. It's my job. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't control not working midnights. I can't control not working day works. This is just what I have to do. It is up to you and it is your responsibility to change things. And one of the ways to change that is when you are off, spend as much time as you can with your family. When you have an opportunity to, to take off, take off. A lot of us, and I'm the same way, you know, I don't feel good. Okay. I got a headache, but I'm going to go into work anyway, because they need me. They don't need you. Your family needs you. And somebody else will pick up the slack, whether it be overtime or the guys have to work a little bit more or whatever. That's where we neglect the families. We don't put families first. And again, I am as the biggest offender of this than anybody. I, I retired with a whole lot of sick time and I'm not saying to go out there and abuse your sick time or anything like that, but you're having childcare issues and your child needs you. That's why you have sick time to take off and take care of your child or your wife or whatever. We choose not to. I got to go to work. I got to get up. I got to go to work. You know, we're shorthanded. We're this or that. We always put work first and that's part of the problem. The job's not going to get any easier, okay? You know, when I came off the street and went into the administrative end, okay, yeah, I worked from 7 a.m. till 5 p.m., but I had a whole new level of stress, the administrative stress. I was the administrator. I was causing the stress to the patrol officers and detectives and the sergeants and so on and so forth. So I became, and you, I became the person who created the stress for you guys, Um, phone calls. The phone calls never stop at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. I'm getting calls at 2 o'clock in the morning. So police work in and of itself, it's like being a truck driver. You can't get away from driving a truck if you're a truck driver. And it's the same thing with a police officer. If you're going to be a police officer, you can't get away from having things the way they are because that's just the job. It has to be fixed or it has to get better, I would say. Some
0: some of the things that I've tried to work with or or do is or make changes. Again, just the way I look at things is is one change that I've made. I'm now conscious of the fact that I'm more negative than I am positive. And bringing that to light for me has kind of helped. Um, I'm trying to, when I'm off, do other things, non-police related. And it was referenced in one of our earlier episodes. I try to keep up those relationships with those who are not in law enforcement so they keep me grounded and they keep me you know give me that constant reminder um well a first
2: step is the phone stay off the phone when you're not working i understand when you're in a position you get phone calls and stuff like that and it's hard not take those calls but to call somebody and just bs about a job i mean if somebody needs to talk to you because they're hurting that's one thing but save the bs session for when you go back to work and you take your break, you know what I mean? Spend the time coloring with your kid or taking a walk with your wife or going for a run, anything. Try to turn off all the outside distractors that we take home with us. And who, listen, how, how many times was I on the phone? Constantly. It's hard. I, I know it's hard. It's really hard.
1: But Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you never know what person or personality you're going to get. Um... And it's kind of like we're walking on eggshells, but essentially nature of the beast. And you need to understand when you're going into, you know, a marriage or a relationship with a police officer that that's kind of how it's going to be.
0: Well, it it couldn't have been that bad living with uh, dad and I, because you met your husband after he was a police officer. So you knew exactly what you were getting in for.
1: So, yeah, again, you're right.
0: It, it couldn't have been that bad.
1: I mean, the three of you are identical, so I don't know if that has something to do with it.
0: Well, that's because of this profession. If if your husband was a, a lawyer or a cook or something, I doubt that that would be that. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, obviously, I didn't fall in love and marry him because he was a police officer, but I felt like I, I kind of just fell into understanding his lifestyle, and you know, I, I think that was something that helped us hit it off because he was looking for someone that would understand his lifestyle and be able to deal with the mood swings and everything that comes with it. And I understand it. And of course it's not easy, but I get it. And I feel like I kind of help keep him grounded and keep him in line the best I can.
0: I speak for myself and I'm sure I could speak for most, most cops out there uh, to their families, reaching out to their families more or less It is appreciated. I know uh, that my family is what keeps me grounded. I know my family is what keeps me um, sane, more or less. That is my release, even if I am sometimes not the best person that I want to be with them. And just remember, I think I told you this years ago, that the person who you fell in love with, that person may begin to fade. And it's, it's your responsibility as the spouse, as a family member to make sure you grab them and don't let them fade away because we get sucked into this job. It's, wow.
1: it's a job being married to a police officer, I would say.
0: It is. It is a job being married
2: to a police officer. But Listen. at the same time, the police officer has to work a little bit harder to keep the relationship going. And it's it's tough. Listen, I've been out for almost two years and I still struggle with the stress and the anger. And, you know, I'm getting a lot better a lot of things are rolling off my shoulders that before I wouldn't let go. Even arguments. You know, I mean, as a cop, if you argue with somebody, you got to win. You know, it's always about winning. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you don't win, you can die. And that's just the mindset of it. But I'm, I'm starting to turn back into a human a being. Person. <laughs> a human being. A person. Yeah. Like yourself. You know, you see somebody walk down the street, instead of looking at them and say, what are they up to? It's like, oh. They look like nice people. And again, you still want to be vigilant, but that's not how you're designed. You're not designed to be suspicious of every single person. It's not like you're a deer in the woods that everything that walks by is going to spook you. It's not, that's not how life's supposed to be. And unfortunately, we live in a society where bad things happen more than not, but there's no way to live. And as a cop, it, it takes an assertive effort to not be that way. And listen, I can't sit here and say, oh, well, this podcast is going to cure everything and everybody's going to be like kumbaya and forget about. I'm so sorry I was acting that way. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen because stress, sleep, the job, everything comes into play. But it's at least if people get, understand it, they can work at it to make it better. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I want want to go out to dinner tonight. All right, you think maybe I can get an extra hour of sleep? Maybe I can lay down and take a nap or something like that just to feel a little more refreshed. Or the the, the other big thing is, and I'm going to wrap this up, is working out, nutrition and working out. You know, I'm not great shape. I mean, I'm not a bodybuilder by any stretch of imagination, but I do work out regularly. And even being retired, I still work out regularly. I try to run. I try to eat decent. I try to get resistance training in. And it helps so much with stress. And a lot of people don't understand that. They just think, oh, I'll just sit in the police car all day and eat, eat and drink. And, you know, I don't understand why I, I gain all this weight. And in most cases, gaining the weight is not because you're eating too much. It's because you're not eating properly. And and there's um, chemicals inside your body that cause this to happen. So, I mean, there's just so much going on with being a cop. But yeah. again, it comes down to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um- I could go on and on. I feel like for hours about this, um, but you, like you said, you have—they have to work out. They have to maintain their health and be in good shape, you know, so they can. If they need to go chase someone because they're running from them, you know, you have to be able to do that. So of course my husband's hard on himself about that too, which isn't a bad thing, but it's also something that he needs to make sure he takes care of and he gets done. That is just another thing added to the mix. Um, and then just something else I real quick wanted to touch on um, aside from dealing with the, the, the mood swings and everything else that we talked about that comes into play. You also can't forget the way that we feel when you're at work. We, we don't know what you're doing, where you're at. Um, I, I track my husband on his phone because I can see, you know, if, if I haven't heard from him, Matt's looking at me like I'm a creep, like alarms are going off, but that's not why I do it. It's because um, if I don't hear from him for a while, you know, hours go by and texted him or called him or just haven't heard from him in a while. And I'm thinking the worst, like, oh my gosh, like, does something happen to him? So then like, I'm trying to look at his location just to see that he's moving, he's not stuck in one spot. He's not at the hospital, although sometimes he could be at the hospital, but not for him. Um, so it's just like little things like that. And then all this stuff goes through your head because you just don't know, or you could be on the phone with them, just checking him. Okay, I'm going to go pull this car over. Well, okay, well, now you're like, uh, oh, okay, like, let me know when you're done so I know you're okay because you hear these horror stories. Um, so it's just things like that that go through your head. And then when there are night shift, you're expected to sleep through the night and not even worry. So it, it's just... There's just so much that goes on and comes into play. But
2: it's funny you say that because actually yesterday I was. On the <laughs> <time> <laughs> I knew you, gonna <laughs> knew you were going to do i it. He was going into work and uh, he witnessed the car crash and the phone kind of broke up a little bit. Of course, it always does at the, the perfect time. And the way it made it sound like he was in the car crash and he's like, I got to go. I'll call you back. Well, all right. I know you're still breathing because you told me you're going to call me back. But then, I think he witnessed a car crash. But I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if he was in it or he witnessed it. And now I'm waiting for him to call me back to tell Mom's me everything. Came. <laughs> and then he's already he? when he calls me back, he's already thinking about the next thing that's happening in front of him. Out oh, as a car driving in front of me like an idiot. I got to pull him over. Well, wait a minute. What car <laughs> uh, that was no big deal. I just, <laughs> you know, what I mean, but I see what you're saying. But like. Again, going back to the cops, it's you laugh and say, oh, well, I, I stalk him, uh, find my phone or whatever. But wait till, wait till your brother's daughter goes out by herself for the first time and uh, he doesn't know where <laughs> she's at. He'll be stalking her just as much. But getting a text message is nice. Just like, hey, I'm OK. I'm just driving around. I'm just this. I'm just that every, you know, every hour, every couple hours just to let you know. Like mom used to get mad at me when I would um, we work three to ones. We would go out after work, just kind of unwind. Everybody would just kind of like, all right. I need, I need some me time. I would go out and <clears throat> have a couple of beers and wings or something and then go home. Well, so a lot of times we didn't make the decision to go out until like 1130 at night. If everybody was up for it. I don't want to call your mom at 1130. and.
1: Yeah. You didn't have up. cell phones back then to like shoot her a text. If she wakes up and looks at it.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I would just go and she would like, I come home at three o'clock in the morning. She'd be all mad at me. And so that would start a fight. And I'm like, I don't want to wake up. Well, I don't care if you wake me up. Well, then I wake you up. You're going to get mad at me because I woke you up. And now you're going to be like, well, you just come home now. I'm not going to want to go out because I feel bad. So it's just a vicious cycle.
1: I mean, I personally would never be mad. I know it's different now. You know, you could send a text or something, but he, he is really good with that, um, with giving updates, like just checking in or, you know, I love you, or I'm just running up to the jail, whatever, um for those of you out there that might not be thinking of doing that it just it really puts our mind at ease and it makes us feel a little bit better
2: it's funny like you hear from the public on social media and, and, and whatever and everybody's always got something to say about a cop oh i saw a cop sleeping in a car well here's a what we just spent the last hour and a half on explains why the cop was sleeping in his car and then the other thing is well is he making personal phone calls yeah he's letting his wife know that he's okay is that all right with you like Mm -hmm. people don't understand the psychological and physical part of the job they just think it's like again going to work and then coming home and there's nothing nothing else like they don't understand all that kind of stuff so we could go on for hours
0: and hours and hours
1: with this yeah we might need a part two
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah we're happy to have you back for a part two i'm uh Uh, Very thankful that you agreed to do this. I know it's some personal information you're putting out there and feelings, but I think it's very informative. Some of the conversations that we've just had, we've never had in the 20 plus, 26 plus years of uh, being a law enforcement family. So again, I I thank you. Um, I'm all about doing a a part two. Hopefully it was a little uh, informative for everybody.
1: Yeah. No, I appreciate you having me. Honored to be your first guest. (laughs) Hopefully I uh, gave some insightful information and situations and whatnot.
2: I think there's a lot of people out there that, that feel the same way, just don't know what to do. So hopefully we can come up with some solutions, but you're still
0: in the will, Nicole. <laughs>
1: great. I hope I'm above Matt. I hope I'm getting more.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks everybody. Goodbye. See you.